Hello, I'm Lauren Hubelay, and I'm here today to talk to you some more about my explorations in polyvagal theory and gymotherapy. And I'm joined as I have been um, so far with each episode with my dear colleague, Megan Lim. Megan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's great to be with both of you and everybody listening today. I'm Megan Lamb, and I practice acupuncture and bodywork and gemotherapy here in the Midwest. Megan, I'm super excited because we have a special guest today, as you know, um, Cameron Scott. And um, I want to just share uh, where Cameron's coming in from because um, I, Cameron was actually a, a psychotherapist that I contacted. Um, for my own little reactivated trauma. And Cameron was so kind to introduce me to polyvagal theory. And then our conversations just continued. So Cameron, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. Thank you, Lauren. Cameron, um, I, I know I can't even begin to do justice to introducing you. Um, Tell, how do you introduce yourself to people? I would have said a few years back that I was a private practice psychotherapist, mostly um, focused on recovery from complex trauma histories. But having met uh, polyvagal theory, I am now adding to that that I am a passionate polyvagalist. Wow. Wow. What a title. I love it. So Cameron, you know, the, we have a lot of folks listening that may not be familiar with either topic we're talking about today, polyvagal theory or gemotherapy. Do you have an elevator pitch you give? Like, what is polyvagal theory? I think the easiest way to understand it is it is really the science behind whether we can feel safe and social and be engaged in life or not. Many people are familiar with the central nervous system. Less of us know that we all have what's called an autonomic nervous system. And it is operating, it's a surveillance system giving our brain information largely preconceptually. So, but it is giving us cues of either safety or danger and threat. And working with the polyvagal nervous polyvagal theory allows us really to bring our autonomic nervous system on board as an ally and not have it be an enemy. You know, Cameron, last week, um, Megan talked about uh, one of her own personal experiences. And I think, um, Megan, that that is a good, such a good example, really, of being aware of what's happening with your own nervous system. Yeah, Lauren, and I was so pleased to be able to talk about that when I really could still embody it and access that and feel it because um, it was such a beautiful example for me of the experience of what dorsal feels like or immobilization feels like. And, you know, as Cameron said, until I met polyvagal, I might not have been able to show up for myself in the way that I was. 
Cameron, is that something you find true with your clients as you're working with them? Absolutely. My clients, my colleagues, you know, all of us, once we have the opportunity to really be introduced to meet our autonomic nervous system states, we all of a sudden can befriend our autonomic nervous system. And as Megan said, really show up for it and through it and with it. You, you know, Cameron, I know personally what this has done for my own life. And then on a greater uh, degree, what it's doing for my work and research with gemotherapy. What's polyvagal theory done for you in your practice? It has been, and, and I know it's one of the buzzwords, but it's been a game changer because I have just about four decades of being trained at, in sensory motor psychotherapy and in internal family systems and really found that I was intrigued uh, with the people who presented with a lot of challenges, either emotionally or in relationships or at work or physically. And so many times it seems that they just struggled and often therapies didn't feel that they were supportive. And I felt like I had pretty much trained in the most effective therapies. And then about 10 years ago, when I met Deb Dana and polyvagal theory, um, it changed everything. Because once we can work with our own autonomic nervous systems, however we do that, um, it allows us to be in a place to really platform change and, and choices and options. You know, that, that meeting your autonomic nervous system, this is really that aha moment, right? You just, oh, yes, I know what's happening, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so Cameron, do, do you ever come across someone that doesn't get this? We all have autonomic nervous systems. <laughs> One way or the other, you know, we've lived with them all of our lives. And it's really a, a wonderful invitation to discover with anyone, um, you know, how theirs speaks to them. So Cameron, as you mentioned how our autonomic nervous systems speak to us, I wonder if you can share with us what your experience of the three states of the autonomic nervous system are and how you experience them. And that is precisely where I began the conversation with myself because I met this in my own work and will share that I have plenty of a, a, my own trauma history, which you know compelled me to always be fascinated with what does help you know relieve some of those challenges and what I do with in teaching and with clients now is when we meet our autonomic nervous systems, we generally map it out. And Deb Dana was the one who took the unbelievably thorough work of Steve Porges's and put it into the hierarchy. And she very specifically put it visually on a ladder for all of us to understand. And the hierarchy has, um, it's consistent with the evolution of our vagus nerve and the evolution of our autonomic nervous system. So at the bottom of the ladder is that dorsal vagal state that you visited the other day when you were in the grocery store. And that is our most primitive survival. It's that shutdown response. And through my own personal work and, and through that with others, we often, you know, how do we recognize it? How do we recognize it in our body? How do we recognize what are the cues that we've really gone into that adaptive survival response of shutdown? And 
we often will work on a piece of paper, mapping it out. What cues, what colors, what sensations really give you the sense of, oh, wow, I am in, and, and it can be posture. Dorsal vagal shutdown, dorsal vagal collapse, dorsal vagal, you can, it just has that heaviness. Mm -hmm. And the mobilize, the sympathetic, which is in, sits in the middle of the ladder, because we're looking at sympathetic and parasympathetic. So sympathetic is that very mobilized place uh, in our autonomic nurses. We often feel it. It's that fight or flight. Hey, you know, I need to do something. I need to do something. Now I, I have to really figure this out. I, I'm not sure I feel safe. It, it, it's a very high energy response. That's People often recognize that the fight or flight is including the adrenaline and the cortisol and the life threat adaptation to survival. You know, the tiger's coming at me. <laughs> yeah, I gotta either, you know, run like heck or I've gotta, you know, think how am I gonna fight this one off? And ventral vagal, which corresponds with our most, uh, you know, complicated and, and evolved brain part, our prefrontal cortex, is that part of us that really can make meaning, have perspective, um, you know, really feel interactive and social, and we can add to that list of, of awe, and it can have lots of energy or a little bit of energy, but it, it's just, wow, you know, life is good, I'm good, everything is it's okay. Mm -hmm. That, that literally was the, the quick tour of <laughs> hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Although I could visualize and, and be with you for each one of those states. Cameron, it's my understanding that that's really the first step in your work with a client. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and so you're trying to get them to identify their states. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? We have the hierarchy, we meet the, uh, the states, we befriend them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it was a big surprise, I want to say, for me to come to terms with this idea that we use our sympathetic state both in, in danger, but also for positive action and, and that we're dependent on that. And, that really took some time for me to separate those yes. two. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Cameron? Mobilization in and of itself it, it is not good or bad. It's energy. The difference between the states is whether our perceptions are being looked at and listened to with cues of danger or threat or simply energy levels. Hmm. If our system is picking up cues for danger or threat, and again, this is, Steve Porges just coined the term neuroception, because our systems are getting information 24-7. It's like a surveillance system. That's what the autonomic nervous system does, and then feeds the information to our brains, and our brains are making meaning of it. And it's a very subtle difference, but it's it, quite important whether there's a perception of danger or threat, or if it's just a shift in energy. You know, Megan, I don't know about you, but ever since I've become aware of this, and certainly since the um, work I've done with Cameron, 
I feel like I have a new inner dialogue going on in my head. Like, oh, here I am in this state. Uh, this is what's happening. And is that for you too? Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know that you and I have talked briefly about the space and compassion, both for ourselves and others, that has sort of organically happened since we've met Polly Bagel and become aware of where we are in the autonomic nervous system at that moment. Um, and that has been, it has shifted everything for me because just the awareness of where I am seems to naturally open up space for me to just notice and not, you know, to necessarily always have to create the story about it, but just to allow myself to be in that space. Cameron, does that make sense? Would you like to add anything on to that? It's so wonderful to see how you both have, have adopted this polyvagal lens because when we become it, we're friends with our autonomic nervous systems, merely being aware of what state we are in fosters that curiosity, which is that platform, that ventral vagal energy toward compassion. Mm. Mm. We now can be with ourselves. You know, and when we talk about being with ourselves, I think a piece of that is um, letting go of some of the judgment that can you know, naturally, as many of us were coming up and being raised, there was a lot of judgment. And we take that on, and I think we're often judging where we are. So just noticing where we are, as you say, befriending where we are, feels freeing. You know, Cameron, um, I feel like each week I, I go um, huge steps forward in my conversations with Megan and my understanding of this. One of the things that I think Megan and I have touched on that has has been very eye-opening for me is talking about this befriending, but taking it that step further of what kind of friends do I need to show up for me in this moment? And I have absolutely fallen in love with that idea because I what I've come to see is how often I'm not the kind of friend that I really need to show up to myself and to bring that awareness to that. And, 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 and I find myself even saying, so Warren, what is it you need right now? <laughs> Cameron, is that something that, that you've seen with clients yeah. or in your Yes, team? well, you're touching on something that is so profound. Polyvagal theory is beginning to notice our autonomic nervous systems. This is the biology that is behind these states. Once we understand this is biology, there's a wonderful reduction of shame. It's nothing we are doing. It is our states that are driven and have been um, toned by our, our experience and allows us really to not feel a sense of shame because there's no cognition involved in this and then to bring that curiosity there and so many of our as Megan put it stories are once our brain has started to consider the state we're in if we can use neuroception which is that precognitive awareness 
um, and make that, we simply are looking at a state. We're no longer looking at the story. And it gives us that, as Megan put it so beautifully, the room to consider, you know, what is happening in this moment. Mm -hmm. So beautifully put. Megan, do you have any further questions for Cameron? Cameron, I think that you have really introduced us to the three different states and the idea of neuroception so beautifully. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Cameron, you know, um, we're going to um, do another um, episode with you and I just want to do a lead in if that's okay with you on this because, you know, you introduced me to polyvagal theory and in turn, I've begun to introduce you to my passion, which are gemotherapy extracts. And I want to just tie this together for a moment and then we'll go into it further in the next episode is this type of friend that we need to show up is um, exactly, I believe, Megan, I'm sure you'll agree with this, the piece we were missing. When we, we have all these beautiful extracts, we know what kind of action they have on the nervous system. We know what they would do for someone's mood. But if I'm someone in a trauma response, I don't know which one to take. I don't know how to make that decision. I don't have the room for it. But now that we can ask someone, what kind of friend do you need to show up? And we can categorize our extracts in that way. We're going to make some super headway. Yeah, wonderful. Cameron, is there anything you'd like to share to close this out for us today? I simply, it would be my own personal excitement that as I watch polyvagal theory become more and more of everyday life for so many people living their lives as well as doing their work, um, it's a very exciting time to be considering it. Yeah. Cameron, thanks so much for showing up and being so authentic about polyvagal theory with us. Megan, thank you. Thank you.